do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet full of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0. Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Serie A, the Italian football podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and I'm delighted to be joined once again by the esteemed panel. Uh, let's start off this week uh, by saying hello, first of all, to Alessandro, uh, our resident Roma man. How are you doing, Ale? Welcome back to the show. Good to have you. Good afternoon, Simi. Good afternoon, everybody. Happy because Roma won. Good start for for Jose Mourinho's team, and first of all, most important, a good start for Syria. was a really good mess day, so I'm really happy. It was indeed a very, very exciting weekend of action, and we're going to get into all of that on today's show. Also joining me, Tommy Milanese. How are you, sir? Very good, man. Very good. My knee hurts a little bit. I played tennis on on Sunday, and I think uh, the change of direction, did something to it. But other than that, doing all right. If you've game. got if you've got dodgy knees, tennis is the worst sport that you can play. Well, I didn't, I didn't know I had dodgy knees until after I played tennis. So <laughs> well, it's late to learn something about yourself. <laughs> true, true. Uh, also joining us at uh, the main man, Mr. Vittorio Campanile, joining us from a beach somewhere. Uh, as usual, sunning it up. How are you, sir? Always on holiday. <laughs> uh, always on holiday. I'm living in holiday. Yeah, it's very hot. Thanks for joining me. And happy birthday, Harry, before we forget. I mean, Thank you, man. Happy birthday, uh, it's, man. There's, there's nothing to celebrate after 30. Maybe Come on, until... Arsenal, top of the league. Second, we're go. second. We're second, ah, but, but well, we'll take it. If the, table, if the season finished now, I'd be happy. <laughs> I can imagine. Even if you're a Manchester United fan, you should be very happy. Things are going really well, right? Yeah, we've got a relegation battle coming up next Monday between <laughs> Liverpool and Man United. It's going to be great. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, look, let's get into this week's Serie A action because, as always, there is plenty to discuss. Let's start off with Milan's 4-2 win uh, over Udinese. Milan didn't have it all their own way, Tommy, for the entire game. Obviously, Udinese took the lead and then equalised uh, through Messina. Rodrigo Becao getting another goal for Udinese against Milan. He just seems to have the magic touch when it comes to uh, to the Rossoneri. What did you make of their performance? First game of the season, what were the conclusions that you drew from it? Yeah, that goal from Bacal was scripted, honestly. I, I bet, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people put five on it um, and won some good money. But uh, yeah, so that, the goal came, it was very unexpected. But I mean, the, you know, you shouldn't look too much into it. Uh, to be fair, both goals from Udinese came from headers and both times it was strikers that were marking them. So in the first instance, it was Rebic and Leal, which didn't really follow the cow. And then for the second one, I think it was uh, Messias 
I was supposed to close in on, on Mazin. I didn't do it. Uh, so, well, that's, that's something to work on. But other than that, it was a dominant performance. Uh, if, I, if I was a Milan fan, I'd be very happy. It's, it's good to start the league again um, by showing the others that you're still there. You, you haven't lost anything from last season. And you're basically starting uh, you know, in the same form that you ended last season, which, which is exactly what they did. Uh, it was a dominant performance. It was good. Um, and I, it was quite interesting to learn the formation. One, one thing I was discussing with Ale this morning is that I'm a big fan of Pioli. And I feel like it got to that point where he got the, his team to play in a way that doesn't really matter too much of the names, but it's almost like whoever you put in performs well. Like if you see Rebic, uh, last season he hasn't really played much at all. I think he only scored two goals in the whole season, so you already equal that tally. Um, so he started up front and he did very well. Brahim Diaz, which it looked like, uh, you know, his time in Milan was more or less over. Second half of the season, last season wasn't great, and they bought not one but two players in his position, Adli and Dikitalare. Um, and he started and he did amazing. Uh, Krunic, he played in the Casero. Obviously, he is not quite as good of a quality player like you see, but again, he performed very really well. So, um, it, this is something very important to me to have a great team, to win things, to, to be at the top of the, of the table and, and achieve great stuff. Yeah, you can't just rely on names. And I think Milan created a, a style of play that now um, works very well with, with basically the whole team. Um, so it's a very good starting point, and hopefully for them, once the new signings will uh, uh, will you know adapt to the, to the style and they will you know, be, become starters, um, they should be in a very good position. Given you know, in a few months' time, Ale, what did you make of uh, Milan's opening day performance? I, I said you know that it wasn't all their own way because they conceded a couple of goals, but the performance was one that was controlling and, and once they, they went 3-2 up, you never felt that it was ever in doubt, did you? No, not at all. I mean, uh, they were always in control, even though they conceded a couple of goals. But I I believe, I agree with Tommy. Uh, Milan, has, they have a strong identity, good work from Pioli. I'm really curious to see the uh, Kitelare uh, uh, entering the action in the next weeks. Uh, now they will have an interesting game against Atalanta, really interesting game. But uh, I would say they they started from they were finishing last season, and uh, Milan look really promising also uh, for for this season. Vittorio, what was your assessment of uh, Pioli's men? Do you agree that they've just picked up from where they left off last season? Um, not totally. I don't agree totally. I mean. One of the strengths of last year AC Milan was the defense. Yes, it's true that uh, the mistakes were made by the strikers marking, but overall, Milan last year was really uh, a good team and it was really difficult to score against them. So this is something they have to work on. It's true that playing the 13th, 14th of August in Italy, it's complicated. It's very hot. Uh, I think... I don't want to be wrong, but every single match had a cooling break uh, this weekend. So this tells you how hot it was. So this had a massive influence in the game. But Mina has to be careful because against Udinese, you can recover from one goal down. Against other teams, it, it would be difficult. And at the same time, we have to say that the penalty Milan had was silly. I mean, that was a terrible mistake by the Udinese defender. I don't know how many times you will get lucky like that. So 
Milan wasn't astonishing, but if we we're going to talk about all the other teams, I didn't see a top team playing an unbelievable match. So this is something we have to talk about. But yeah, overall, I mean, Milan was good. It is to be expected, though, isn't it? First game of the season, fitness levels are still not quite where they need to be. You mentioned, Vittorio, the conditions as well. And even here in the UK, we had to have cooling breaks this weekend. And we saw it in some of the Premier League games where the intensity just wasn't there because of, of the conditions. And I can only imagine what it's like uh, in a place like Milan. Um, but I mean, one of the things I, I just wanted to touch on before we kind of move on from this particular fixture, and I'll come back to you, Tommy, is you touched on it. Rebic didn't hardly play any football for Milan last season. We're nowhere near as much as he should have. Um, and obviously equal these goal tally, as you mentioned, of last season in, in a single game. How much better will Milan be if they can somehow keep Ante Rebic fit over the course of the season. He's a really important player if and when he's firing, right? Yeah, very important player because he can play as a, as a striker, as he did on, on Sunday or Saturday. But he can also play on the wing, on the, on the left, left side, which obviously now Leao is, is, is the starter. Obviously, it's impossible to remove him, but given that the league is, is, is very long, um, the, there's a World Cup in the middle as well, and of course, it's Champions League. So you 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 are going to need some depth. Um, Rebic is is a great player. It's a similar, obviously, it's a very different players than the Kitelare, but it's a similar concept. Kitelare was bought because he can play as a behind the striker, can play as a striker, can play on the right. Similar, Rebic can play also on the left or behind the striker or as a striker. Um, of course, I would say striker is probably his his favorite position. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think when when you have so many competitions and so many things to fight for. You need to keep your players fit and especially the ones that can cover different roles are, are going to be the ones that are going to be key in the most difficult moments. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on and I'll start with you, Vittorio, on this one. Uh, Lecce won into two. Inter left it late in the end uh, to win it. Romelu Lukaku getting off the mark again, uh, nice and early the second time for Inter. Um, what did you make of Inter's performance? I thought by the end of it, they probably deserved to win the match, given the way they pushed to find the winner. But it wasn't easy, and they just about got over the line. Didn't see that coming. I thought, especially after scoring early, I thought Inter would dominate that match, win it easily. So again, as we mentioned about AC Milan, that's definitely a concern for Inter, especially because we know that Inzaghi usually starts very strong and then at the end of the season, Inzaghi's team lose a little bit of form. So uh, lucky was Inter was lucky to find the, the, the goal in the last second of the match. They deserve to win, but how often do we see teams dominating and not finding a way to win? So this is a concern even because Lecce didn't have an unbelievable transfer market they are one of the team that is considered going down. So I thought that, yes, again, we have to not forget that Lecce is in the south of Italy, very hot weather. So this affected the match. But, you know, Inter, I thought they would find a way to win. And the other thing I didn't like is Inzaghi, after the match, mentioned about the transfer market. They said, we lost Ranocchia, we need a central defender. I don't think Inter struggled because they missed Ranocchia in this match. I think they need to play better. So I, I didn't like that much the press conference of Inzaghi after the match saying that, you know, missing a central defender was the reason why they didn't play that well. 
Lukaku back. Now we have to see if he will play as Interfan, remember, or he's going to be the player we saw at Chelsea. Obviously, he started very well, but against this small team in the past, he made a huge impact. Uh, one of the things we talked back in the days was Lukaku was astonishing against small team, but struggled against the big one. So, you know, this was the perfect match from for Romelu Lukaku. Yes, he scored, but Inter needed much more from him. So, question marks again from Inter, and especially for me that I said is the favorite to win the Scudetto. This is not a very good sign, right? Ale, what was what was your take on um, on Inter's performance? Do you agree that centre back wasn't really the issue at the weekend, and and are alarm bells ringing for you, or is it too early? I mean, I agree with with with, with Torio. If you if you are Inter manager, and if we put Inter on top of our Serie A grid, you you shouldn't start finding excuses of of your playstyle. You should work. Let's see how uh, will uh, our Lukaku will perform against good teams. Next one will be against uh, Spezia. So uh, I believe Romelu Lukaku can make the difference, especially in a, on a physical side against a smaller team. But then let's see when uh, in in its face uh, defend of, of of the top team. But uh, I don't like to judge from 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 90 minutes, you know. Uh, from from this perspective, I want to to see uh, more games to in order to to have a better idea. But uh, from if we analyze uh, the all the matches of the top teams, Inter is are the one who suffered the most, probably. It's interesting, isn't it, Tommy? Because often, sort of, particularly sort of watching the Premier League, one of the things we always say when a team does kind of grind out a result is well that's the the sign of champions the fact that they got over the line even when they weren't at their best yet we're talking about Inter who weren't at their best obviously in a totally different light here as though it's maybe a concern what's your kind of reading of the situation well I think if if this game happened exactly how it happened but in March let's say then that's exactly what you would say to 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 be champions you need to win these games um but being the on the first game of the season, like I said earlier, you need to be especially if you have a, a fairly a good draw, like a, like a neo promoted team. You need to be dominant. You need to send a signal to everyone. You need to score goals. You need to show your best players and say, "This is us. Like we we up there. We, we're going to win win this league." So I don't think this is a time for um, yeah considering these wins, resilience and, and all of that. Um, I think uh, Inter struggled a lot with... Um, so we, we talked in the last episode that they had a good transfer market. I think we all more or less agreed. But we also all agreed that the, the absence of Ivan Perisic on the left is huge for Inter. And I think that showed a lot in, uh, in, in this match against Lecce. Perisic is one of the only players uh, in Inter that can, has a great dribbling in him and is the one who can create superiority with men. Um, and and kind of do that kind of play. While Gossens obviously is a very different player. He look he goes in depth, um, and, and and yeah, he he's not he doesn't really do that. And I think a player like Ivan Perisic would have definitely made things easier when there's a team like Lecce who obviously defends because that's what they're gonna do. And you know what? Like before we we, we move on, um, fair play to Lecce as well. That's exactly the game they had to do. They defended well. They they. You know, do a few counterattacks. One of them resulted in a goal. 
if you're a small team, if you if you if you come from from the second division, um, you know it's not easy because la- last year in Serie B, Lecce was dominant. They had most possession, most possession, in most games. Um, they were they were exactly the opposite of what they are now. Uh, so you know it's it's not that easy to make the transition, but they did it very well, at least in the first game of the season um, to 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 again to defend and know when when to absorb pressure and then hit in the counter attack. Uh, one thing we mentioned last time that Di Marco could have been the the, the player instead of uh, of uh, Gossens, and this time Inzaghi played him in the three central defender. That was I think the idea to push even harder on that winger without Perisic didn't work out really well, right? So I think Inzaghi is trying to find different solution to replace Perisic. And then one thing I, I totally don't like: transfer market windows will close in two weeks' time. So Inter will probably do something. So we are talking about issue now that could be fixed maybe tomorrow with a new signing. So we have to be careful when we're talking about problems the first day of the season, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's still plenty of time to go in the window, a good two weeks uh, for teams to get their business done. And and that can make the world of difference, I'm sure. Um, Let's move on to Juventus, who played uh, on Monday night. Victory over Sassuolo 3-0. Di Maria getting on the score sheet in his first game uh, in the Serie A for the club. And of course, Dusan Vlavic, a player who, when he joined Juventus, I thought started really, really well, but then just kind of... I don't want to say flatlined, that might be a little bit harsh, but didn't really sort of continue in the trajectory that people expected. Ale, were you impressed by what you saw of Juventus on their first outing? Because unlike Inter, the scoreline at least was very convincing. Um, I mean, uh, from if we uh, analyse the, the, the game style, not impressive at all, I would say. But obviously the quality of Di Maria... Di Maria uh, can make all the difference in Syria. Uh, if we talk about Vlaovic, obviously, if you are playing for Juventus, you don't have the whole team playing for you like it was in Fiorentina. But in terms of, of scoring, obviously, it is just behind Ciro Immobile, the king of scoring in Syria, and Lautaro Martinez, since he joined uh, uh, Juventus. Fair play to... to to, to Chiro Immobile, no worries. I, I will tell you along the weeks, I just hope we won't score in the derby, Vittorio. But... <laughs> can, can we say something? Because the first goal of Juventus, for me, Consigli does an incredible mistake. I mean, I saw it again this morning. How can he not touch the ball? I mean, that's incredible. The ball bounced him. And for a goalkeeper of Serie A level, that's a terrible mistake in my yeah. point of view. Maybe, but I want to be romantic. Uh, it reminded me the first goal of Ronaldo Nazario with Real Madrid. So, I don't know. I, I thought Consiglio had a poor game, and That's overall, a big and overall, Sassuolo defense was terrible because the second penalty a little bit dodgy. But again, too many mistakes against Juventus. <laughs> That's you. You cannot afford them. So, yeah. As Alessandro was mentioning, Juventus didn't play great, scored three goals, but Sassuolo was defending really badly. And again, it's something we mentioned already, right? Sassuolo can be very dangerous when they attack, but when they defend, they're awful. Uh, See, I I didn't think Juventus played that great either. I thought the scoreline, obviously, as I mentioned at the top of this section, was much more dominant than the score that Inter won by. But, I mean, 
we've, we've talked about it being the first game of the season and how you can't draw too many conclusions from that. If I was a UVA fan, Tommy, and I don't, do you agree or disagree? I would be looking at this. Okay, we weren't great. We got over the line. We got the result. It was a good scoreline. But the positives are that Di Maria got off the mark, are that Dusan Vlavic has started the season well because he's going to be very, very important for Juve in the coming season. Would you look at it that way or or, or is there cause for concern in your opinion? Uh, if I was a Juve fan, I wouldn't particularly be, I wouldn't be concerned, but I wouldn't be enthusiastic either. Like you said, it's, it's a win. It's a good, good win. It's three points. Uh, clean sheet. I mean, everything you want. But yeah, like you said, you, the performance wasn't dominant. So again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be over the moon for this win because uh, Sassuolo, like you guys said, it made it, made it fairly easy for them to, to be dominant. Um, but yeah, there was definitely some positives. Uh, Angel Di Maria is, is one of them. I said in, in the last episode that uh, Vittorio would like to... to yeah, Di Maria is out. He's injured. He's going to miss probably yeah. even Roma. So yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be happy at all. <laughs> Alessandro yeah. should yeah. be very happy. But you went to Spanish shooter. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll be injured. So he'll miss a few games. That's, that's, that's not great. Uh, but obviously he had the, the dominant performance yesterday. Um, and one of my concerns was... I, I'm a huge fan of him. But one of my concerns was... Is his head going to be fully in it? Is he going to be fully committed? It's not easy when you play for the best teams in the world throughout your whole career. You win, you know, loads of trophies. You're at the top of the game, and then you change completely league at his age, um, and then be fully motivated. So that is my only concern. And obviously, one good performance doesn't mean uh, he will be. Obviously, the, the league is going to be very long, and especially with the with the uh, with the World Cup, he's going to be involved. In Argentina, Argentina are one of the favorites. They're probably going to. Alessandro. Yeah, and as as we said for, for Inter, it's the same for Juventus. We need to wait uh, until the end of the transfer windows because they probably sign Paredes. They probably uh, add Depay to the roster. And, and let's see. Obviously, Allegri needs to work because Syria is really different than the one Allegri left. And, and Juventus, if they want to win the games, they need probably to do more this this is like school people putting their hands up and, yeah and i'm the, like uh, and, and tommy's like the teacher no but tommy can i go to wanna, the toilet you can uh, yeah, just just want to pick up on one point you made there tommy not necessarily because i disagree but just because i want to expand on it a little bit further you said that Di maria has been used to playing at top teams and you know at top clubs are juventus not that anymore then are juventus not one of the big clubs in Europe. I know that they've fallen off in terms of their level, but it doesn't feel to me like they're an awful long way behind. I don't look at them and think they're so far behind Inter and Milan that they're not going to be anywhere near them this season. No, I'm not saying they're not a big team. I mean, obviously, they're, they're like on the pitch. They're not going to be able to compete with the biggest ones. But as a club, uh, economically, and you know, the number of, of fans, number of you know, spectators and TV or that. Like, Juventus is a huge club all over the world. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, even if he had gone to, let's, well, he was, I don't know, um, to Bayern Munich, for example, I'm just saying, I feel like when you're at a, like a later stage of your career, you already won a lot. You already play for Real Madrid and you won. You play for PSG, you won. You play for Argentina, you won. Uh, not so much in my United, but 
Uh, I'm just saying, like, it's, not a Man United. Let's yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, didn't, yeah, that didn't go well. And especially with the World Cup, I was saying Argentina just won the Copa America, and it's the last chance for Messi to win a World Cup. I mean, they're probably in the best. This is the best chance they had in, in probably 20, 20, over twenty years. Um, so I'm sure he's had his head was going to be a lot in that. Doesn't mean he's going to give his hundred percent at this stage of his career with the World Cup in the middle of the season after winning everything. So he doesn't have to prove to anyone. That's what I was going to say. Is he going to give his hundred percent to Juventus? Maybe not. But you say as well that eighty percent to Di Maria is still better than most of the players in Serie A. So it would probably be good enough um, to give Juventus that extra boost they need. Um, but okay, well we will see that. There's no there's no right answer here. We'll we'll have to see it. Yesterday it looked very well. Uh, we'll see towards the World Cup just before and just after how, how is it going to be um, but another thing about him that I was thinking is tactically I was really um, curious to see how Allegri was going to fit in um, obviously they have quite a lot of attacking players now yesterday they played with Vlavic and, and Di Maria as, as a pair uh, with Quadrado and um, McKennie on, on, on the midfields on, on, on the right and left but they also have Kies of course and Kostic uh, probably the pie, which it looks like is, is, is close to be done. How is Allegri going to put them down? This is definitely going to open this question to everyone. Because, for example, yesterday, I was expecting a bit more of an offensive formation, maybe with Kostic starting or with Chiesa. But actually, it was quite a defensive um, formation, if you want, because the two players on the outside was Quadrado and McKenney, like I said. And Quadrado, I mean, he played right back for, 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 for most of his recent career. Um, and, and yeah, but West the manager Ken, is attacking. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So you, all of this part attack in the part, like you know, what I mean, what is he going to do with it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. He's a defensive mind manager, so that's what's going to happen. I mean, I agree with Alessandro. The biggest question mark is not the players; it's Allegri. Uh, Kostic is a great player. I mean, last year he was linked with Lazio. I would have loved to have him in my club. Uh, Di Maria is old, except, and I agree on everything you said, but unfortunately in Serie A, he still can make the difference. Vlaovic, etc. Juventus now, with the pie coming in, I think Juventus has an incredible club team. Now it's all Allegri who has to prove everybody's wrong. Well, not everybody, at least me and Alessandro. And uh, yeah, he's going to play a defensive mind type of football. It's like Mourinho, right? So he has the tools to win. Will he be able to do it? That's a huge question mark. Yeah, I don't and think so. Again, yeah, that, that's the thing. That's why I put Inter and Milan in front of Juventus, even though if, if they sign Depay and Paredes, then, I mean, they have the better team, but they, probably they don't have the better manager. So it's going to be interesting because of that. Juventus have made a huge transfer market. Now we have to see because if Di Maria is injured, Pogba is injured, if they get other players injured, then, you know, he's going to struggle. But... I mean, the, the transfer market of Juventus is amazing and I didn't see it coming, honestly. But the question mark is still Max Allegri, right? Indeed, indeed. Uh, let's move on then to Alessandro's side, uh, Roma, who got a 1-0 win away at Salernitana. Uh, you're talking about Jose Mourinho and uh, styles and typical Jose Mourinho. A 1-0 win away from home is pretty much exactly that. Brian Cristante with the goal. What did you make of uh, Roma's performance, Alessandro? I've got to be honest, I didn't watch this one in full. I started to watch it on BT Sport and the picture was so bad, it kept breaking up. I was like, I can't watch this. And I just turned it over. 
not very professional of me, but I just couldn't bear it after the first 10 minutes. And especially when Roma scored as well, when I flicked back and Roma had scored, I thought... Well, the, the partnership with this BT Sport is gone then. Yep. <laughs> Simple Serie A and BT Sport, not happening. <laughs> Ali, your thoughts on Roma's performance? So I, I totally feel you because obviously if you... Uh, watch Premier League every game, and then you had the chance to watch the the, the pitch on the grass on Areki on Saturday night was terrible. But I wouldn't blame. You sound like Jurgen Klopp complaining about the pitch. <laughs> they drive, they drive. Yeah, they drive. Exactly, drive. exactly. I wouldn't blame Mourinho for for the for the score because Roma had a lot of chances and probably they deserve it a a, a larger score. However, we saw uh, the the. Uh, the Zaniolo style, you know, uh, great. He made the difference in terms of dribbling and and, and physically, and then he missed uh, two big chances. However, if I need to analyze Roma, the the Mourinho's mentality, uh, probably uh, in in other circumstances, uh, Salernitana would have tried to 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 get one point or try to 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 do some something more. But the, the, the impression, the feelings I had, uh, they gave up before starting. So they, they were scared, they, they were, the, the fear of, of Roma. So this is really promising. Then, uh, obviously, if you want to play with Saniolo and Abraham and Dybala, uh, Dybala needs to work on uh, his physical condition. Uh, probably you need to do something more because otherwise... With Salenitana, you have no problem. But when you're facing a team with a more quality, I don't know if you if you can sustain uh, this kind of attack. However, I'm quite satisfied because uh, in other circumstances, maybe Roma uh, would have drawn this, this this game and then, but they they won easily. Uh, Vittorio Ale mentions the kind of fear factor of Roma and that. Maybe Salernitana didn't ever feel that they could win the game sort of going into it. Uh, you guys' manager, uh, Maurizio Sarri, has been speaking about Roma. He's been trying to pile pressure on them, hasn't he, in talking about their transfer window? Well, it was pretty much the opposite because Mourinho in the press conference said, well, nobody's talking about Lazio having the chance to win the Scudetto. They spent 37 million euros. I don't know where he got that money from. but So he <laughs> Mourinho put the pressure on, on Lazio and, and Sarri just said, no, we invested in the future because we signed youngster, uh, and I would be really disappointed if Roma would finish second. So, how much did uh, Lazio spend in the Vittorio? Well, yeah, we spent 37, but we got 30 million from Correa, 8 oh, million wow. from Murici, and uh, five from Vavro. So, we are always on the balance, you know. That last million from Correa is a good deal, it's a miracle. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> laughing. Also, also eight million from Mallorca for for Mauricio, I would say. So come on, he was the man of the season last oh, year. You, yeah. you are a fan <laughs> of him, I know. I saw your Twitter. I mean, come on, Mauricio, the 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 star of. Uh, he didn't score this week, uh, by the way. It's finished already, but that was good. Well, you you mentioned BT. I didn't see a single second of the match because the the right holder of Serie A rights in Italy decided that. Nobody cares about football on Sunday. That's so. it. We're not on the zone no, either. No. <laughs> so uh, I, 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 I very clear picture, though. If you're listening, <laughs> we're a fan well, of you. I, I, 
I, I watched Lazio on Sky, luckily enough, and that was perfect. On the other, the, uh, the broadcaster, it didn't work. So, yeah, that was terrible. There are a lot of people complaining, to be honest. But, yeah, I was expecting Roma to score more goals. But as Alessandro mentioned, Zaniolo missed a lot of chances. Uh, a little bit like last year. I mean, Zaniolo played well last year, but at the end scored only two goals, if I'm not wrong. So, uh, huge talent. But I don't think he's a real striker. He needs to maybe play a little bit on the winger more and provide assists more than try to score. But, you know, I was expecting Roma to win this one. So it wasn't a huge surprise. Salernitano was missing a couple of players. And as I mentioned, I put Roma in the top four. So I wasn't surprised at all. Tommy, uh, you're a big Mourinho fan, if not a Roma fan. Um, we talked a lot about their prospects you are a Mourinho fan, aren't you? Not, not a Roma fan. But... No, I said you're not a, you oh, are right, a Mourinho okay. fan, even right. if you're not a Roma fan. Yeah, um, we talked about their kind of prospects for the entire season at the start of, uh, you know, on last week's episode, basically. But mm. what was your sort of thoughts on their opening weekend display? Because as Vittorio mentions, they missed chances. It could have been more... Is it just about getting over the line? Uh, we've talked about it with some of the other teams, but just getting three points on the board and not losing pace with the others is just probably the most important thing, is it not? Yeah, well, f- first of all, I also didn't watch a game, but for other reasons, I, I was just watching the boys on Sunday night. So I missed it, but I did I did catch up on the on the highlights and I spoke with my, my brother, Alessandro, this morning uh, about it. So... Um, yeah, so you know, if if Roma scored a couple more, like uh, just one more goal, if all the chances they had, uh, we would be talking about a completely different, different, different game. I think if you watch the game and if you're a Roma fan, you're not concerned with one only one nil. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think that. Alessandro, <laughs> <laughs> let me add one thing. Probably it has been better, uh, better because as Vittorio knows, if Roma would have won. A four or five nil in this week in Roma, mm. everybody uh, would talk about Scudetto as he's Losing 17 of yeah. exactly it's 17 of August. I mean, it's too early to do so, so it does it, it's, it's, maybe it's good, maybe it's good. Yeah, it, it, it's better in this way. Just I have calm, people that are, I have Roma fans that are already talking about triplete, so I mean, they are already <laughs> over the moon. So. Bring, bring them to the podcast, they speak English, yeah. bring them in. <laughs> Not sure they speak English, but it's triplete. Because Ale is too, is too professional, he doesn't. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> one thing I wanted on Roma. Um, um, one thing I was discussing with, with again my brother Alessandro is that I think this season what they need to do a step up and get that extra little bit they need um, to to you know be able to compete for for the top top spots of, of the of the table is is to improve defensively because obviously. Their attack, obviously, we, we we talked about it a lot. They, they have great names and you know great quality. Defensively, they need they need to improve and they need to um, you know really that that really needs to make a difference. And we know that Mourinho is, is good at that historically with his other teams. So I have faith in him managing to to you know to do it with Rome as well. Um, and you know, I mean, you you might argue it was only Salernitana, but I think they did well in that in that game um, because you know defending well doesn't necessarily mean doing good tackles in, in, the, in the box, you know. It means keeping the ball away from the box as well. Defend as a whole team, not just the four at the back. Uh, so they did well, but again, only one game early to judge. Um, n- not the biggest opponent as well. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is that 
I think that's really is the missing the missing piece they have to to really become a top team to to really. Um, oh, Vittorio's going to say something. He's going to disagree with me, is it? I saw the no, no. I, I, I wasn't. I was going to add that they are trying to sign a defender, Manchester United mm. defender. So they're working on that. And yes, I totally agree with you. Uh, the weaknesses is there. I don't rate Ibanez a great defender. Smalling is not getting any younger. So I think the problem is there, right? It's not the attacking uh, uh, part of it. So yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah but if you want to step up. At the same time, Zaniolo needs to step up in terms of goal scoring. Otherwise, you it it, it will be difficult to grow and to reach yeah. that stage. You need people to contribute from all over the pitch, don't you? If you want to be at the highest level, for sure. Um, let's cross over to the other side of Rome then, uh, to Vittorio's side. Uh, a victory, but what was your thoughts on the performance? Well, it's a miracle I'm still alive, I would say. I mean, we did everything in the first half to lose that match. Everything. Uh, a red card after five minutes, a penalty after 35. I mean, the first half was dreadful. Please tell uh, us, second... tell us through the, talk us through the red card, please. I want, I want to hear it. Well, what can you say? I, I, I still cannot believe it. I mean, our goalkeeper stopped the ball with the hands outside the penalty box and then went to the ref and said, come on, you know. Come on, what? You, you grab the ball outside the box. So, yeah. And even the penalty. Uh, I mean, I, I hate those type of people that makes a foul and then uh, goes on the floor uh, uh, pretending they, they've been hit, etc. Uh, Zaccardi hits, who is it? Sansone, I think, if I'm not wrong. Uh, that's a penalty. Unfortunately, it's a penalty. So, yeah, we did everything to lose that match in the first half. So, but on, in the second half, we did everything to win it. And luckily enough, we, we find a way to win. So it was a very tiring match, very concerning. But uh, I like the attitude of the, of the match because probably one year ago, two years ago, Lazio would have lost that match 4-0 and we would have received like three, four red cards because, you know, when everything is going the other way, with a red card after five minutes, you start thinking, ah, the ref is against us and things like that. So... I thought the attitude was great. Um, the performance in the second half was very positive. Uh, obviously, Chiro Mobile scored, and I think it's the fifth time he scored in the first game of the season. I think that's a record. Um, the defense played well, which was a big surprise considering the last year. So, yeah, apart the, the, the first half, it was very encouraging. But I think Bologna is a team that needs to improve a little bit. But, you know, it was... As the match started, I, I didn't expect Lazio to win this, so it was encouraging. It's interesting because, like, I, I don't think that we should make too much of an issue of this because it, it's really not that important. But one of the things that jumped out at me when I look back at the statistics from this one is that Bologna had 60% of the possession at Lazio. And knowing what I know about the way Maurizio Sarri likes to play football and the way his teams do play football, that really shocked me. Well, but we, we played 45 minutes, one man down. So that wasn't... Very, I mean, the midfield of Lazio in the first half was simply astonishing. Felipe Anderson on the right, Zaccagni on the, wing, on the left, two strike, two wingers. Milinko Isavic, that is an attacking midfield, and Cataldi. I mean, more offensive mind midfield than that. It's, it's impossible. So we tried to counteract, and we had a huge chance in the first half with Ciremobile. But obviously, playing one man down, it's very difficult. So... Uh, we were, luckily enough, Somaro 
uh, got a red card in the end of the first half, and that put Lazio in advantage. But yeah, it was very difficult to to play a to play a match like that. So that that was really positive. Tough, tough weekend at the office for Lazio, yeah, but they definitely. got they they got it. They got the three points. That's what matters. Uh, that's what matters. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Napoli. Uh, Tommy, I'm going to come on to you for this one. Um, five two winners over Hellas Verona. Napoli went behind just like Milan did. Um, what's the what's the kind of outlook on Napoli? Because there's been a lot of change at the club this summer. Um, and we don't really know what we're going to get from them. But what we did see was that they still have a lot of threat going forward and they still have the ability to to score goals and, and cause teams problems. I took a lot of encouragement from watching Napoli this weekend. Yeah, man, 100%. I've, I've, been, I've been positive about Napoli the, the whole summer. Uh, even the last episode, I put them, put them quite high in, in, in my prediction. Um, I think there's a, more, a few reasons for that. One is... Obviously, they did a bit of a, of a, you know, an internal change in terms of uh, some players from the old generation left and, and some new players came. Um, these new players are fairly young players from uh, lower leagues, but very talented. And although they might need a bit of time to, uh, you may say they might need a bit of time to adapt, uh, it looks like they're already, uh, they're already pretty, pretty playing very well in, in the formation of Spalletti. Um, and I think Spalletti is happy with the team he has because he's good at um, um, uh, doing well with young players and not having the expectations to win the league, um, to experiment a little bit. He's, he's good at that and he, I think he likes it. So I think he's in a position where he's, he, you know, he's happy to be in this position. Um, and obviously from, uh, yeah, Napoli played similar, very similar, obviously, to, to how they played last season. Uh, the main men that are still at the club, like Ossiman, Zielinski, they all step up. They, they did very well. Uh, and a special mention to Krastelia, the, the Georgian winger, which obviously was replacing um, Insigne, which is not easy to replace, not just because he's a talented player, Insigne, but also, you know, he's, a, he's an icon in Napoli. Uh, so obviously a very difficult role to, to cover. Um, only one game, again, like we said, for all the other teams, very early to judge. But I mean, he he did very good in the preseason, which often we see that it doesn't necessarily mean anything. But then he was able to convert that in, into the first um, uh, game of the season. Um, and again, it wasn't an easy situation because Verona went up from from a corner situation, um, and obviously from that moment, then Verona obviously was defending quite deeply to to keep the result. So it wasn't the easiest, and you know, Napoli kept it together. Uh, they did very well. They didn't panic. Um, Crossdelia really stepped up with his goal, um, which, is, by the way, was quite funny because I was I was saying this morning that he's seen a bit of a you know like a bit like Insigne or or a little Messi, like this smaller player, very very skilled, um, good good you know good shooting from from afar, um, very agile. And then his first goal is a header, so um, that, that that's yeah, that's very good. It means he's got a bit of everything in, in his game, so. He looks like a very interesting, um, a very interesting player. Um, of course, not everything in Napoli is great. They conceded two silly goals. Uh, say that they shouldn't have conceded. They probably will concede more in the next in the next games, um, and probably throughout the whole season. So that's definitely something they need to work on. But I think they're not in a very bad position at all, and they will give a big, a big, um, a good challenge to Lazio for that for the fifth spot, if not more. 
Yeah, can we add that Verona is a big question mark for me? I mean, every season they sell top players and they did the same this summer. Last year, they find a way to find other talented players. I'm not sure they did it this year. Uh, they just sold Simeone. Uh, they, they, they sold pretty much the entire squad. And uh, so it's very difficult to a new manager. Now, the, the rumors are that Schofi, a new manager, is on a hot seat, which doesn't make any sense. They sold every player, and now they said, well, we're going to sack the manager. So I don't know if Verona will find a way to play and manage to stay in Serie A like they did last year. I see it very difficult if they don't sign quality players. So the biggest question mark of this match is, okay, Napoli won, they deserve to win, but is it because they are a good team or is it because simply this year Verona is rubbish? Because they sold everybody. And uh, now Illich could go as well. So I don't know. I mean, I I'm injured, but maybe Tommy can play for them next, next Sunday because I don't know if they will get 11 players to play. <laughs> I'd love to, man. What would you see me in, uh, in, in Verona? Maybe in midfield next to Illich as a duo? What do you, you, need, to rest, you, need, to, you need to rest that knee, Tommy. You're not going to uh, be playing anyway. Uh, I would say behind lasagna, Tommy. <laughs> behind lasagna, okay. Behind fine. lasagna, yeah. It's perfect for you. Because <laughs> he's quick and I'm a bit more technical, yeah. you say, maybe, and we can balance. I, I agree, totally agree with, with Vittorio. Uh, I would say the, the fourth goal of Napoli to me, was the best of the match day. But uh, Verona are a question mark. Uh, they sold Caprari, they sold Simeone, they probably sell uh, Barak. So they sold Cancellieri to Lazio, and he made me a good impression when when Godin uh, against Bologna. Yeah. Uh, and so we need to see, because overall, if we need to, if, if we can... Uh, say something about the first match day. Uh, I would say the the gap between the first of the of the table and the other uh, is is increasing, you know. And for this reason, for the the first time in the history, we had the the first uh, eight teams of the last season winning the opening games this season. It was a a, a fixture without any draw. And the last time it happened was in 1971. So you can see the div this is not Premier League. Obviously, Verona, they need to sell if, if they won't survive. Uh, we, we, we are seeing Nottingham Forest spending and spreading money. This is not Serie A. This is not the level. And uh, the grass and the stadium, as we said last time, is one of the reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Great points. And, and you're right. It does feel like the gap between the top eight clubs if you like it and, and the rest is is widening um and, and when you get a match week like this where none of the the top eight are meeting each other then we're going to have situations where it's just about keeping the pace right it's just about getting your job done uh, if you are one of those big eight clubs in order to make sure that you don't lose ground because it doesn't look like some of the smaller clubs are are able to to really mount serious challenges from week to week but we'll see um a couple of other just quick bits on Napoli that I wanted to touch on. Um, I really liked Ossiman's goal. I know it wasn't like a spectacular goal, but I loved the way that when the ball came through to him, he was switched on and kind of on the stretch managed to turn that one in. Uh, but I also wanted to talk a little bit about Lobotka because his performance got a lot of praise. Um, I, I don't know if it was a genuine quote, but I read something 
that he was compared to Iniesta. I think it was kind of said in a bit of a joking way. But um, what's your take on Labotka and Vittorio? Do you think he's somebody that is going to be very important for Napoli this season? He has a very important role in Napoli. I think he's one of the key players they have there in the midfield. So, you know, uh, especially if you play with a 4-3-3, the playmaker there, it's, it's a key for the both phase, defending and attacking. Uh, he didn't convince me 100% last year, but he has the ability to do, it, to do it. And that's a very important role. Now, when I wrote the quote, I was a little bit surprised. I mean, sometimes we <laughs> exaggerate. But, you know, he has the talent. He has to step up. And we mentioned it, right? Napoli lost a lot of key players. Now they need to find another leader. And Lobotka could be one of them, could be the player who step up. One thing, I mean, Zielinski is a great player, but last year in particular, he didn't step up in key moments. Against big matches, against big team, he didn't show up. Maybe Lobotka can be that leader that Napoli missed last year. Even in Insigne, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he scored only against Lazio, not on a free kick. So this tells you that, yes, he was the captain, but, you know, he didn't play in key moments against big teams. So this is what Napoli is missing. If they can find a leader like Hamsik, that's what they missed since Hamsik left. So um, definitely he has the talent, he has the physicality, but he has to prove it against big team. Yeah, and over a period of time as well. Of course. Um, let's uh, wrap up the show by touching on Fiorentina. Um, they won on the opening weekend. They beat Cremonese by three goals to two. Um, Tommy, the, the most encouraging thing for me was Luka Jovic getting off the mark. I think that's a really good sign-in for Fiorentina. What did you make of their opening weekend? And, and do you think he can, he can help them sort of fill the void left by Dusan Vlavic who's since moved on? Yeah, it was, a, it was a very good game for the neutrals. Uh, I think I, I didn't expect it to be so close. I, I mean, I mean, talking about the result, obviously, uh, Fiorentina won in, in in the last second, just like just like Inter. Um, so it was very, very, very good, very entertaining. Um, I'm very happy for Jovic to to go off the mark. You know, it's it's very important for a striker like him. He's in a bit of a weird period in his career. Uh, he's still young, um, and he still has. You know, a lot of margin to, to become to you know to grow even more, but at the same time, he already has the pressure of having failed, um, having failed at, at a big team in Europe. Uh, therefore, he he knows that he can't fail here in Fiorentina. If he has a bad season, then he'll probably be considered a finished player by most because that's how, that's how football works nowadays. Um, I don't think he will, though. I don't think, I think he will have a good season. Uh, Italiano is a great manager for him, in my opinion. He historically did he did pretty well with with strikers. Um, well, he, we saw what he did with Vlaovic, which you know it was already it was already on the way up. Uh, he was Italiano was really the one that made him explode to, to the level that, that he is now. Perhaps um, it didn't quite work with Piontek and Cabral, but obviously that was a you know, particular situation that came in January, uh, still without preseason, you know, only for six months to replace Vlaovic. So. It was difficult. Now with Jovic having him had him from from the summer, and that did the that did the they bought him fairly early as well in the transfer market, so he had enough time to to kind of work with him, and it's, you know that's the reason why he started already. 
Um, and yeah, he scored a nice a goal. Uh, he looked, he, he, he was good throughout the whole game, not just a goal. He looked like a, uh, a good striker, good movements. Um, he looks like he was integrating well with the formation, uh, with the free, free, you know, four for free. Um, so, so yeah, I think he'll do well. I honestly have good expectations for him. I think he will definitely uh, hit the double, double digits. Vittorio, yeah, we, we have to talk about Rado, right? I was literally going to ask you that. I was literally going to ask you that. I mean, we, cool. we've, we've sat and praised Fiorentina, but, but for an absolute howler from Jonat Radu, they don't win that game. What was he doing? I don't know. I don't, uh, Alessandro, he remembered me a little bit of Goikoshea. I don't know if you remember. Uh, uh, I, I cannot forget. I cannot forget that night with Goikoshea. So, yeah. It was funny because, I don't know if you remember, Gokocea put the ball in the box and then pick it up and said, yeah, it's out, right? We're going to take the corner kick. Yeah, yeah. Like anybody saw that the ball was in the box. Uh, I don't know what to say about Rado. I mean, he made Inter lost uh, the Scudetto because he did. And now first game of the season. And he, he last second, not, it's not that you do it the first minute of the match. Last second of the match, you do an incredible mistake. Uh, it, it was good to see Cremonese saying that uh, we're all together, we're a big family, etc., etc. I don't know what's going to happen next. Probably he's going to play and we're going to see how he, he will cope with that. But, I mean, he, he went to Genoa a couple of years ago and he started playing, then he's lost a job. I don't think he's a Serie A goalkeeper. I don't think he's ready for that. Uh, I'm really sorry when I see goalkeeper making those type of mistakes, but simply unacceptable. Do, do, do you think... Go on, go on, Ali. Yeah, uh, it's unacceptable in terms of, of game. Then what happened next? He has to delete uh, his profile on Instagram and all that stuff. This is really this is really tough because at the end of the day, he's a guy. Uh, we can all make mistakes. Obviously, uh, we can uh, talk about the level. Maybe Syria player, maybe it's not. But you shouldn't, never should... Uh, going against the man, against the, the guy, you know. Yeah, that, that's unfortunately yeah. a problem that we have across the board in football now, isn't it? That you can make a mistake and you can feel bad enough about it already yourself. You don't need everybody else to pile on onto you from the outside. The, the, the weird thing about it is that it's not even mainly sort of, it's not even his own fans. It's not even Fiorentina fans. It's He's become a bit of a figure, hasn't he, that people look to poke fun at every time he makes a mistake. And unfortunately... Yeah. For the history, it, remind, it reminded me more of uh, Karius than Goikochea. Goikochea was the, the, the mistake, but if we talk about the history, you know, Karius, uh, it's maybe the, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the right comparison. But good luck to the guy, I mean. I think yeah, it's a good, good keeper, though. It's a shame. He uh, did quite a few good saves as well during during the game and in the past has done. And when he played for Genoa, it was it was very good. It's a shame because I think it counts for every player on the pitch. But for a keeper, it's so important that your, men, your mental aspect is there. Your you know mental health is there. Um, and obviously, it, it, like you guys said, it must have been very difficult to overcome what happened last season with Inter and now first game. Obviously, it's going to be in the back of his head throughout the whole season. Um, I think it's going to be very di- difficult to overcome that. But if he does, if, I think there's still a good keeper in, in him, definitely. But we'll see. I, I think mistakes count more for goalkeepers. So, you know, it, it, the, be- the best goalkeeper is the one that doesn't make mistakes. 
So that's that's the problem with Radu. Uh, but then, so, but then, over the course of the season, is Radu going to make you the kind of saves that are going to earn you more points? Then his mistakes are going to cost you because there's a lot of goalkeepers yes. like that. Yeah, there's a lot, and and for a team like Cremonese, then they're not going to go and get a, a top class goalkeeper, are they? So over the course of the season, there's still a good chance that he brings you more than he costs you. Well, the, the positive thing is he's playing for Cremonese, not for Inter or Milan. So he doesn't have that same pressure. Hmm. And the, the other thing is the first match of the season, he made that mistake. So he has time to recover. Because if it was the last one or, or close to the end of the season, that would have been tough. He would have spent three months of the summer thinking of that. So that's, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, the, the problem is transfer market closes the 1st of September. Maybe Cremonese go and sign another goalkeeper, maybe an experienced one, maybe someone who, you know, is not better than Radu, but in this type of moment, he will come and start. So we have to see. It's not easy. Two, two bad mistakes in the span of six months. That's something fans will remember. Spark, fans and sport director, that's most important. Yeah, good stuff. Very, very interesting indeed. And we'll see, obviously, how that pans out in the not too distant future. Uh, guys, we've come to the end of the show. Thank you uh, so, so much, as always, to Vittorio Campanile, to Tommy Milanese, and to the main man, Mr. Ale. Um, he's got a big smile on his face because, uh, obviously, Roma have won. And uh, he's just and, a very happy guy. He's just a happy guy, isn't he? He's just a happy guy. He's a good guy. He's a contender. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Thank you to every single one of you guys uh, for joining me. Thank you to everybody who's listening to the show as well. Make sure that you are uh, subscribed. Make sure you leave us a review, uh, particularly if you're listening via Apple Podcasts. It really, really does help. And we'll be back next week looking back at another round of Serie A action. Until then, take care of yourselves and stay safe. All the best. Goodbye. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.